0: hear us through your airpods or see us on your laptop how about meeting us in real life because we're taking queer money on the road this summer and fall visit queermoneypodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood have you ever wondered how to make your small business or side gig stand out from the crowd and become a success with you and your authentic voice two ingredients that are more important
1: now than ever
0: Matt Halloran of Proudmouth joins us to share how to grow your business or gig into the additional income stream that we're always talking about.
1: (laughs) Matt is the co-founder and chief relationship officer of Proudmouth, a podcast and production and social media company.
0: Proudmouth has produced over 7,000 podcast episodes for financial advisors and generated over $2 million in revenue in just their first four years in business. All of this by helping financial advisors stand out
1: from the crowd of other financial advisors. <laughs> but you don't need to be a financial advisor to benefit from Matt's advice. You're listening to Queer Money, episode number 424. So let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well being. Investing knowledge in the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out capitalone.com today. Welcome Matt to the Queer Money podcast. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate <laughs> it. Oh,
0: Uh-oh, I'm remember member the all people today. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: So you are the head honcho over at Proud Mouth Media. And one of the things you do is you help financial advisors tap into their authentic voice for the podcast that they create for their clients and prospective clients. And having been in financial services and done compliance myself for many years, most financial advisors sound the same. They all have the same script and it can sound very boring after a while if you pay attention to to them for too long. So one of the things that you do is you help you help financial advisors tap into their authentic voice and really connect with prospective clients and their current clients in in a more genuine way. But the advice to to be more authentic almost sounds cliche today. I think we've been talking about that for decades, right? Especially if you're in business. So what does it actually mean to speak with your authentic voice and how does
2: one actually do that? First off, it's giving yourself permission. And this is something that I think a lot of people don't do. So you have to give your permission to unapologetically be yourself. You know, Oscar Wilde said, you know, you might as well be yourself because everyone else is taken. And in a world that is so wildly commoditized, right, financial services, where everybody's got the next great stock, financial planning, blah, 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 whatever you want to say, what your clients are buying is you. But you have to give yourself permission to be you on your show or in your content so we actually have a whole process that really starts helping the advisor get comfortable being themselves. And what we're finding is the longer that people create real custom content, the more successful that they are, not necessarily, I mean, business-wise, yes, but they're just so much more comfortable in their skin. And guys, this is why I want to be on your show. You guys are unapologetically yourself. You are the epitome of our mission, which is to rise above the noise and be your own loud. And so I just, first off, I have to thank you very much for, this is a gift for me. I thank you so much for allowing me to come on your show. But so we have a whole process and the process really begins with telling your story and then starting to wean the advisors off of talking about freaking 529 plans and 401ks (laughs) to actually talk about what life is like getting great financial advice so they be, they go from being the interviewee to the interviewer yeah so i think so we get a ton
1: of requests from lgbtq plus financial advisors to come on the show mm-hmm. and unfortunately we deny most of them because their pitches to us are so vanilla and Generic, and we've covered yes. some all, all almost all of the topics that they pitch to us ad nauseum, right? And our audience doesn't yeah. want to hear that anymore, and our, pod, our our sponsors don't want us to keep repeating the same topics over and over again. And so, what what you're doing is 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 challenging, I'm trying, especially for financial advisors, because many of them are feel restricted between legal and compliance yeah. with what they mm. can say and how they can talk. And so like really tapping into their authentic self, I think, is is, is no small feat. And the reason this is beneficial for our audience is because we've been advising them for years to, in some way, shape, or form, start their own small business. And maybe that'll grow into a a full-time business someday. But at the very least, you have that additional stream of income. Mm -hmm. And one of the pushbacks that we get is, everything's already taken. People are already doing this, that, and the other thing. And how am I going to stand out? So what you're saying is, if you can get these very vanilla financial advisors to be very authentic and connect with their their audience in a genuine way, then anybody should be
2: able to do that because not all of us are hamstrung by
1: compliance and legal.
2: Absolutely, and and by the way, advisors aren't as hamstrung on compliance and legal as they they. It's crap, right? I mean, I throw the BS flag on that all the time. I'm the chief compliance officer here. I talk to every broker dealer, every single major company that's in financial services, and there's always a way for you to create custom content. It's just most advisors just don't want to do the work. But I want to talk about your clients, right? So the people who work with you guys, who you talk a lot about your show on multiple streams of income and all of that sort of stuff, which I absolutely love. One of the biggest mistakes I think is people who say, and I apologize if you guys have said this because I haven't listened to all 415 episodes that you guys (laughs) have done. But yeah, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is listen, you should absolutely have a passion and I support that a kabillion percent. But don't give up everything to follow your passion. Your passion a lot of times is gonna be your side hustle, right? You know, and, And so you need to be okay with that. So if you're gonna have your passion as your side hustle, be yourself. Give yourself that break, that gift, right? If you want to start an Etsy store, or if you want to start doing Uber Eats or whatever, listen, my favorite experiences are with these people who actually are themselves and are transparently human instead of putting on the airs that a lot of us think that we have to do for business, right? Well, I'm going to be all stoic. No, screw that, man. Be yourself, have fun, smile, laugh, or be really serious. Whatever is your you, be that you as much as you can be.
0: Yeah. But I think that, you know, it's, I I will admit, and you, you kind of alluded to this, it takes a while for people to let go of the faces. Or the hats, or whatever you want to say, the shells that we have put on, right? And and I think it starts at a very very early age. We're told by our parents, you must be right. this way. We're told by our churches, you must be this way. We're told by school, you must be this way. And so we kind of grow up. And and I'm I'm kind of kind of harking back to the four agreements, the book Four Agreements, and and in that book, I'm forget going to forget the writer of the book. It's right, yeah, it's.
1: John Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He
0: he basically talks about how none of us are growing up. None of us are given the freedom to be 100% who we are because we adopt language, we adopt religion, we adopt culture, we adopt all of these things, or they're forced upon us. And it's a hard process to say, who really am I? Deep down inside, who really am I? How do I let that come out? And I think that's part of the reason why John and I say, for the most part, the financial services industry is very pale, male and stale because so many people in financial services, so many financial advisors feel like the only way they can be successful is they follow this mold that everyone else pops out of. You forgot
2: old. Right. Did you say old? Because they're stale yeah, they right. and stale. Right. We call stale yeah, as old. Stale old. Okay. <laughs> so so yeah, the average age of a financial advisor in, in North America is 62 and a half, guys. 62 mm-hmm. and a yeah. half. And they don't want to change. Yeah. Right? They're no. the epitome of the man, Right. No, yeah. And so they don't want to change. And they're still into that whole, oh, look at my watch. I drive a Maserati. You know, people don't <laughs> like that as much. Like, I want people to be successful, but I don't want you to flaunt it. You know, I think the first question a person has to ask themselves is are they gonna be okay with the outcome, right? Yes. Of, of this question, right? Because <laughs> listen, see. guys, I've got warts. Oh, do I have warts? I, I, And so part of me giving myself my gift of, of unapologetically being myself, I had to be okay with the things that I do wrong and, and actually kind of be able to get past that. Now, mind you, my background is actually as a philosophy major, I was a therapist. And so, I mean, I did a lot, I've done a lot of self-work. A lot of (laughs) self-work. But I also think that just asking yourself that question and then hopefully surrounding yourself with people who are willing to have that conversation and being open and receptive to knowing what you're not doing as well, I don't think they're faults necessarily. They're still you. I think you just need to get past that black and white thinking and realize that it's a continuum, right? There's lots of things in this world that are a continuum that people seem to think it's only black and white in this world. and to quote a, an old band that you guys are probably way too young to know, a band called Live. There's this great song called "Oh the My beauty God." Beauty of gray. How, old do you, how young
1: do you think we are? Our skin I, guys are way younger <laughs> yeah. than I am. Our so. skincare routine is
2: killer. <laughs> <laughs> we live in live. the beauty of gray, right? And that's 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 where we need to live. And and part of that gray is giving yourself that gift to live on that continuum. Right. So then, how? This is, and this is, we're speaking to a
1: broad audience of people who are trying to pursue different passions in their side hustles or side gigs. How do you apply being your authentic Mm. self? How do you make sure that gets infused into your business, broadly speaking? Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community through access to credit, tools to manage debt and product features. Digital products such as Creditwise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for Creditwise for free today.
2: Yeah, so it's for us it's content, right? And we all know that content marketing is the only marketing that is left that works, mm-hmm. right? You know, celebrity endorsements don't work very well anymore. You can't do the what can I do to get you in this car today sort of salesy crap. People want to buy from you. They don't want to be sold to anymore. So that's why you have to get yourself out there. And in fact, we we we've built an entire system that's free to help anybody who wants to create their own side hustle and start creating their own content. Guys, TikTok's a perfect example. So let's just very quickly digress to TikTok. There are 5 million businesses on TikTok. Mm-hmm. 5 million right? And a lot of them are, you know, in fact, I'm wearing one right now. So I'll I'll show you. So, so the front says, maybe I'm a veteran, but I can't, I'm not going to take off my shirt in the back. It says, I fought for everybody and it has the pride flag. Oh, nice. Right. And I bought that on TikTok. It's some dude who is a vet, who's an ally. I mean, I don't know how many shirts that dude sells, right? But that's the sort of stuff he decided as an ally in a, in a, an environment there aren't enough, which your veterans, right? To really be loud and proud and be out there and show, you know, that's what I want everybody to do. And I don't care what it is for your side hustle. Mm-hmm. But that side hustle, in my opinion, guys, is your perfect opportunity to really let yourself go and be yourself. Because people are going to buy you. Guys, your clients buy you. They love you. Mm-hmm. They take your advice. They're not buying your products and services and financial planning in your systems, which I'm sure are great, but they're buying you. So that's what we need to lead with.
1: Sort of a behind the scenes for most people who aren't in the financial services industry, especially for the bigger firms, a lot of the software and tools they use are just white labeled and they're yeah. all basically the same software There's and tools. So trying to find somebody who has a better process or a better tool, not necessarily going to be easy because they're all using you know handful, two or three. So yeah, you're right. You want to engage with the advisor or whatever business that you're engaging with. You want to be able to engage with somebody who connects with you, that resonates with you, that understands you, and maybe stands out a little bit relative to everybody else that's all trying to be the same. So with that, you know, content you know is the only way to market these days. What is your response to people who are going to say, well, okay, I'm afraid to create content. I'm going to have
2: ChatGPT do it for me. <laughs> <Oops>. Sure. <laughs> well, fascinating question, right? So I'm all for it, but I think it only gets you part of the way there. So mm-hmm. I'm writing a new book. It's it's called Shut the Hell Up, the greatest communication book ever. And it's really about how you can use silence to actually grow your business. But that's not what we're talking about. But I've used GPT to help me do research, right? And I use AI to help me do research. So one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is you can use Google too, by the way. And you can think, so let's say you're selling hats, Whatever, I'm wearing a freaking hat. So I'm just going to say that. And you go ahead and you go to Google and say, What is the number one selling hat logo in the US today? And hit enter. Guess what? It freaking tells you, right? There's your content. And so, my thing, guys, is I think everybody overthinks it. I think everybody does. What are you doing? I make hats. Great. Make content about making hats. In fact, I follow a guy on TikTok who helps make hats for people who don't. I'm bald. So I've got a million hats, right? Who don't want a hat that's like this high, right? I want a hat that's a little closer to my head because I got a good shaped hat, man. And so I also don't want to look like my head's, you know, this big. That's all the guy does. That's what his hats are. I think people overthink it. And I think they're also afraid. Well, what happens if people don't like you? Guess what? People aren't going to like you. Somebody's not (laughs) going to. No, There's always going to be a group that doesn't like you. Yeah. And you know what? Get past it. It's okay. Get past it.
1: I love that example because I think you're 100% right. People do totally overthink it. The hat example is great. I don't think a lot of people would think I can specialize in a type of hat that accommodates bald men or people with thinning hair. And that's when we we talk with people about figuring out what your particular niche is, you almost can't niche down too much to figure out how you can serve a, a demographic that is sometimes overlooked or at the very least not necessarily marketed to and let them know, Hey, for all, and I didn't know about this hat company. And, and so I'm going to ask you if as soon as this interview is over is yeah. what's the name of this hat company.
0: Cause, <laughs> Cause somebody else here is bald. Yeah. yeah,
1: And this one's always complaining, despite my, me being bald, he's always complaining that my head is too large. And so I stretch out mm-hmm. hats. So his we should head, maybe have our own his and his large. hats.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, so can, I will absolutely share that with you. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. So can you give us and our listeners and viewers two to three exercises that they could use to figure yeah. out what their authentic voice is, like whether they're one, whether they're they're using their
2: authentic voice, and if they're not, two, how do they find that? So the first thing that they have to know is they have to know who they're talking to. It's very, very difficult to authentically be yourself. If you can't close your eyes and say, this is, so I'm looking for middle-aged, bald men who wear lots of hats, right? And so, so again, so now is that really niche focused enough? Well, you know, by the way, middle-aged bald men is probably half the male population. So, you know, that might not be as niche as you want to get. So then you have to take it the next level. So demographics are one thing. Psychographics are way more important in the world of content creation. So I'm looking at sparkle straight men who love backyard farming, who want Hats that have really strong social commentary. Now we're getting somewhere. And and as you can, hopefully your audience is starting to say, oh, I see how content's being made, right? Because the more specific I get, the easier it actually is to create content because your audience only wants for you to use the language that resonates with them, right? And so that's the sort of stuff that, that I think really helps you figure out and not overthink your content. It, it really is that level of specificity, which might seem counterintuitive, but when you start diving in that area, stuff just bubbles up. The other thing you have to do is this. You also have to keep a piece of paper, Google notes or on your phone or, or whatever, because once you prime this pump, everything becomes content. I mean, you guys are 400 and yeah. some odd episodes into this content writes itself for you now, doesn't it? I can't tell you how many times a day we're like, this is a tweet or this is a topic. We
1: have to do a video on this. And it's it's almost, we can't even keep track of it. And then sometimes we go back to our list and we're like, my, look at all this stuff we haven't quite done yet. So let's let's filter through and pick out the best ones. Are there industries or business models? And I think I already know the answer to this question. Are there industries or business models that don't lend itself to being... Too authentic? Is there maybe areas that people want to uh, uh, avoid? I'm saying that I'm thinking maybe some of our politicians maybe shouldn't be as authentic as they
0: are. Well, <laughs> um, no, I don't think Green. they should be as
2: uh, <laughs> right. Right. I don't think they should be as hateful as they are. And and I don't think that that is. They're all going to be on the wrong side of history, guys. Anybody who's spewing hate and not trying to be inclusive, they're going to be on the wrong side of history. They're going to have their 15 minutes of fame and then they're going to burn a neutral hellfire. But anyway, so no, I I think I think that. See, there is a level of polarization and I'm going to get back to the statement that there are going to be people who don't like you. So Marjorie, whatever the hell her name is, right? She's, she's, she's a terrible example of a good illustration, right? So she has a very <laughs> yeah, specific like brand it. message, right? Which is terrible and wrong and misguided and based in ignorance, but people still resonate with her, right? They buy her crap, right? Mm-hmm. So if she can do it as a terribly undereducated person, hateful, hateful human, right? You can do it with something good, right? Like right. you're, I don't know, macrame, you crochet, you knit, you sew. I, I don't care what it is. And just so you know, those sort of artisan goods for side hustles, people are killing it with that. Love it. Yeah, people are totally. killing it with that. Oh my God. If you're passionate about like, I do metal art, right? So that's kind yeah. of what I do to decompress from running a larger company. And I, I don't really sell any of my stuff because thankfully my wife actually likes it. But like I have a very, very small people who look at my stuff and like, oh my God, that's really freaking good. Right. There are other people are like, dude, that's so ugly. I don't really care. I don't do it for you. I do it for me. So th- anyway, I hope I answered your question there. No, 100%. I think, because I think some people, I wanted to f-
1: flip the pushback on its head. A lot of people say, well, what I'm trying to do, I probably don't want to be, I need to cover myself up a little bit. I need to be in my shell a little bit because otherwise you know, I won't be able to make the sales. But I think to your point, she's a great example, a horrible example of, I forget what you said, but she's a great example of being your authentic self and how you can actually still connect with a horrible demographic of people. And so if she can do it. I think most people can do it if they're trying to especially spread good in the world.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and and most people are much smarter than her too, right? And so, you know, you would figure your your ounce of intelligence for her negative level of intelligence should allow you to do a side hustle. Yeah,
0: 100%. And it probably, you know, it's circumstantial, right? There are times when, for lack of a better way of saying it, there are times when being loud and proud are 100% appropriate and when you should be doing it. And then there are other times... When you may need to chill a little bit,
1: like the State of the Union?
0: yeah, I mean, like it just <laughs> right exactly. You have to look at where your audience is at and if, and if you're in an environment where it's predominantly not your people, your audience, your avatar, the people you're trying to talk to, then chill. You don't need to convert people. Your job is to find the one that ones that are already attracted to you
2: and that's the people want to buy from you, not be sold to. And so I think there's a pretty major shift philosophically in this country for, for people, especially like, so I have twin 20 year old boys. They want to opt into stuff. They don't want anything shoved down their throat, which like I was raised with all sorts of crazy stuff shoved down my throat. Right. And so, you know, whatever, whatever religion, politics, whatever you want to say. Right. So that sort of, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I want to use this word because I don't want to be taken incorrectly, but the people who are consistently always trying to cram everything down your throat, I think people probably know who I'm talking about, you know, consistently cramming things down your throat. Nobody wants that anymore. People want to be able to say, gosh, I really like you guys. And, And you guys are perfect examples of people opting into your thought leadership. Like one of my friends, who goes by that lesbian financial planner, her name is Laura. She shared your stuff and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Who are these guys? And so I started following you and I started consuming your content. I opted into you, right? You guys didn't sell me anything. You didn't call me or anything. I contacted you and said, oh my God, as a fellow podcaster, would love to have the honor to be on your show. But that's the sort of stuff, right? And if if I came in and I was like, guys, I have the greatest podcasting system in the world and you need to buy it. No, you guys, I wouldn't be here right now. That's not my goal. My goal is to talk about the power of content marketing, especially for your side hustle people, which is the angle that I wanted to come into the show because I love that. I think that content creation, videos, TikTok, podcasts, you talk about specificity, look at the world of podcasting. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, how many podcasts are there right
1: now? You just look that up. Uh, How many podcasts are there right now? There's just... over
0: five million podcasts. And, uh, yeah. Granted, I would say that probably four million of those are not being regularly published. But still, I mean, you just think of a of the million. If there's a if there are a million podcasts being recorded every single week or dropped every single week, there's a lot of voices out there. And thank God they're not all Dave Ramsey. Oh,
2: thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, he's getting sued. <laughs> anyway, yeah. oh, Aw, it's too fun to
1: watch. Bad. Too yeah. So. <laughs>
2: Talking about not wanting to
1: have things shoved down your throats and you want people wanting to opt in now, that may be a great segue to our next question. In in the pre-interview discussions, you had mentioned that marketing, small businesses for marketing has changed. Why has that changed and what has that changed into?
2: So marketing has fundamentally changed. You have to market to your ideal client and prospect in the media they prefer while they're there with organic content. So those those are things that you have to keep in mind, right? And so for instance... So let's say you are selling, I was looking at al- alpaca ponchos. We don't need to get into why. But anyway, I was looking at <laughs> alpaca ponchos. I didn't go to LinkedIn to try to find freaking alpaca ponchos. <laughs> I went to Etsy, right? Right. So you have to know that, right? And then on Etsy, you have to create engaging content, not just a stock image of a stupid alpaca, you know, Honcho, I want to see somebody wearing the damn thing and maybe moving around in the thing, right? And right. so that's the sort of stuff you have to really truly know your audience and know where they are. That's when the game changes. But the other thing I have to say here, it takes time. You guys are 400 plus episodes into this, right? Yeah. You You have to be willing to do an 18 to 24 month plan and you have to stick to it. Yes. anything that you're doing and i mean gosh that's good financial advice too right if you're right. going to start saving guess what you're probably not going to do a great job of it right away but right. if you build it into your discipline which you guys talk about on the show right and you start paying yourself and you start you know building that in making it easy for yourself Content's the same way yeah i think that's
1: i think it's that's that's 100% true i think celebrity is is a prime example nowadays when david and i are watching like e news every now you know when we're in a hotel somewhere and there's nothing else to watch or entertainment night, they'll have like these celebrities on, and like we have no idea who they are. Whereas, and that's because some of them are like, influ- they're all influencers in different spaces doing different things, and we're com- completely disconnected from their industries. Whereas, like 20, 30 years ago, you always knew who the A list celebrities were. Everybody, even if you didn't care about them, you kind of knew mm-hmm. Julie Roberts and Tom Hanks, and all you know, but whereas nowadays there's so many different celebrities. They're all different, very different niches. And they're they're making money. They have their own gigs going on, but they're not necessarily uh known ubiquitously, right? And I think that's a prime example of or an example of what it means to sort of niche down, know who you're serving, know where they are and connecting with them in the way that they want to be connected with, as opposed to just these are the top 10 celebrities we have today. These are the people that are in every single movie. People want a more genuine interaction and relationship with the people that they're doing business with, even if they're influencers or celebrities.
2: We have something called the influence continuum that we talk about here. So it's going from skeptics to fans, mm-hmm. right? And so, and we have, you know, we have something called the apprentice stage. And then we have the expert phase and the authority phase and then the celebrity phase. And yeah. it's interesting because when we're talking to them about this process, people will say, well, Matt, I don't want to be a celebrity. Okay, no, you don't want to be a celebrity like you're talking about, right? You don't want to be a celebrity with, you know, I don't know, being one of the top 10 blankety blanks of blankety blank, right? But you do want to be that woman who everybody wants to go to, right? That's so, so important. And I I tell a story all the time about an advisor that we had worked with who focused on nurse anesthetists. Now you would think, wow, that's a little too focused. What they don't realize is they make a ton of money They have conferences all over the United States and he worked over time. It took him two and a half, three years before he kind of wiggled his way in. He spoke the language. He became the person that every nurse anesthetist knows he's the guy, Right. right? Oh my gosh. He, okay. So let's talk about a little bit larger of a next level business, right? When he sells his business, which he will, he is going to get a much higher multiple for that business because his mm-hmm. firm is known as the firm who works with them. His pipeline is full all the time, yeah. right? And so if you translate that into any other business, if you're the person who creates glow-in-the-dark Dungeons and Dragons dice, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> lots <laughs> of people are going to buy that, yeah. right? <laughs> right. So, it does sound kind of cool. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's it's kind of when you think immediately if you say, name a drag queen, of the population is going to say RuPaul, right? Owns that industry. And part of the reason why RuPaul is a multi-multi-millionaire and doesn't do a damn thing for free because she doesn't have to. (laughs) She doesn't have to do anything for free unless she chooses to.
2: I just saw her on Family Feud or some highlights of that. Did you guys see that? Oh, my God. He was very uncomfortable. I don't know if you know his pedigree the host but yeah it was very very interesting to see who was who was on the panel with rupaul Uh, but but it's it's fascinating that you say that because so so i'm a total geek right a a million percent like i go to board game conventions and things like that right (laughs) and so you know i'll be at a board game convention and somebody will walk through and everybody's like oh my god you know who that is no i don't know but it's really cool all of you know who that is (laughs) Oh, I have the best (laughs) podcast on on blankety blank right and so I think people don't understand that that hyper-focus, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to a side hustle, it ends up helping you just print money. And I'm just very quickly, just a little bit about our business, right? So, so we've been in business for six years, okay? Six years. In six years, we've done 7,000 episodes for financial advisors and a quarter of a million social media posts, okay? Wow. We built our entire business off our podcast, entire business by highlighting other people, bringing them on the show, and having them share our podcast with their network. So let's talk very quickly about a side hustle. Let's say you're you're the crochet queen, which by the way, I saw this grandmother dressed as Darth Vader with this crocheted outfit. I was so freaking <laughs> cool. I was so unbelievable. Right. So I'm thinking or, to
0: myself- I'm, I'm going to jump in. John and yeah. I saw two cro- crochet queens one time. Oh, we did. Yeah. We were at a coffee shop. We look across to the parking lot where there's right next door is a yarn place we look across and there are two guys who are two bears two bears like your typical bear looking guy and they're both the back of the car is open they both have their knitting needles out and we're like there are two gay bears who are coming here to buy yarn because they love to crochet knit and crochet <laughs> yeah so don't box yourself in because no. you look or, or act a certain way.
2: <laughs> no, in fact, I want you to be boxing as boxing as you can possibly get, right? And so and so we really boxed, right? We have a lot of people who are like, well, why do you only work with financial advisors? One, because you guys need to get your voice out of the marketplace. Number one, mm-hmm. stop being the best kept secret. And number two, we had to niche down, right? If we tried to market Proud Mouth to everybody, guys, we would not have grown the way that we've grown. And we also wouldn't have been able to make the impact that, that we've been really working really hard. By the way, that would be such a great name for a podcast. Two bears knitting or something. so many people would want to listen to that, right? I mean, that would just absolutely be fantastic. Um, Two crocheting and, or they're online, right? right. They're they're
0: they're doing YouTube while they're they're knitting or crocheting and having a conversation, right? It's, yeah. I I that's, you're right. That would be a hit. So, so
1: we've kind of deviated to the LWDQ angle. So with the increased attacks on the community is there safety for LGBTQ people speaking their authentic voice? And if so, like how can we find that and where can we go? Because Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, they're becoming a little bit more acrimonious to the community, or at least the free speech police are you know starting to attack the community more. So is it still good advice for us to be as our authentic self? And if so, are those still the platforms for us to go on?
2: I think you should be absolutely everywhere and as loud as possible. Because again, we're on the right side of history. All of these people who are talking about freedom are the ones who all they're trying to do is to take everybody's personal freedoms away, right? Mm -hmm. And this happened when I was young, right? I remember the Christian right, you know, saying that Dungeons and Dragons was the devil and video games were the devil, and they were trying to censor pretty much everything, right? I, I just, obviously, they've never read the book that they seem to espouse to read. But, but the problem is we can't be quiet. Now is the time for us to be done. But when you are loud, right. And we, by the way, we get this a lot. We work in financial services guys, and we are probably one of the most besides a company called choir, which I don't know if you guys know who that is, but if not, do you know who they are? Okay. I need to talk to you guys about that afterwards. But anyway, so, so choir is trying to bring equity, diversity, and inclusion to all financial advisor conferences. And, they're very, very open. We are huge allies here. You know, we get crap for it all the time. Listen, I let it roll off. Some of it stings, right? But listen, this is the time for you to actually put on your unapologetically yourself armor and get out there and say what you need to say, because more people need to hear it.
0: That's the, I think that's the quote from this show is that we do, we do need to put on our unapologetic armor. And that's the thing is it, it can be, I think a lot of, When we we ask that question, because we ourselves get attacked on social media, and we know that a lot of maybe not as, I don't know the right way to say this, but maybe not as confident, not as secure individuals are very scared about that, or they get attacked a little bit on social media, and then they cower, and then they back away. What you're saying here is, we need to use that. We need to use our... What is perceived as a weakness as our strength, and just to push it right back.
2: Well, I I do have to say, guys, I understand that as a cis white man, I am not going to get the same level of vitriol. I know that, Mm right? But guess what? It's my job as an ally to be as loud as I possibly can. Yeah. Right. Because I know from friends and family, my own my own family, what my loved ones get from just being themselves. And so those of us who actually want to help as much as we possibly can, it is our job to put that damn armor on too and take some of the bullets for some people who don't have that courage. And I think more and more of us are starting to step up and I'm hoping to see more and more people who will take the risk, and I'm air quoting there, because you know what? What are they gonna do to me? Right. Yeah.
0: And, well, and, you know, I, I, I guess this may be an appropriate place to, to insert this. Having armor does not mean that you go on the offensive and attack back. It just no. means you're protecting yourself. And sometimes protecting yourself is saying, I'm going to turn the comments off. I'm going to block this person. And I'm going to take a mental health break from this platform. And that's sometimes that's what your armor is. Your armor says, okay, I'm just not going to put myself out there for a minute. I'm going to back away. I'm going to go to where I need to find my security.
2: And that's 100% okay. Absolutely. 100% okay. And maybe lean on somebody Mm -hmm. who has the strength to pick up. So that's that's one of the neat things about the LGBTQ plus community that I love so much is the support right? It's the, okay, you fell down, I'm going to pick you up. I fell down, you're going to pick me up, Mm -hmm. right? There aren't, I haven't found as many other communities that are so loving and helpful and forgiving and supportive. And I think as an ally, it's important for us to plug into that too, and to be that resource so that if people do need a break, that we can continue the message as loudly as we possibly can. Because again, we are on the right side of history, Right. Just look at history. All of the people who've been hating since the beginning of history—they're not here anymore. They didn't win, right. right? And we're going to win. And I am so excited that we're going to. Well, thank you for
1: for doing that and for 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 putting on the armor when you need to for the community. We definitely appreciate that. For all of our audience who might want to start their own podcast, who want to get on social media and to amplify their own businesses, how can our audience connect with you and? Do you have any products or services that you suggest for them?
2: Yeah, they need to go to podrocketacademy.com. That's all they need to do. They can join for free and take podcasting 101 for free. Free. Nice, our our goal that. is to help people just they need to get their voice out in the marketplace and, and I literally teach you everything you need to do. Editing, equipment, syndication, all the platforms, how to make decisions, writing show notes, all of the stuff. It's all there and it's all free. It's podcasting 101. So go to go to podrocketacademy.com. Would love to see you in there. I'd love for more and more people to have the opportunity to realize that content marketing is how they can really support that side hustle. And I want to thank you guys for everything that you guys are doing for the community and really for for everybody who's listening, just give them the confidence and the understanding to make good financial decisions, which we all need.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. We're excited to have you.
2: Yes, thank you. Thanks.
1: Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you, Matt, for an amazing interview and for being such an amazing ally for the LGBTQ community. Thank you, our listeners and viewers, for listening to or watching another episode of Queer Money. Here's your Takeaway. Go to podrocketacademy.com, sign up for the free beginner program and use those free resources to find your authentic voice, regardless of what your small business is or will be. Then join us Thursday
0: when we share the most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city in New Hampshire. And then next Tuesday, when we dive into another way to improve your financial well-being sponsored by Capital One. Thanks and have a great week.